Hey, how are you doing? Hey, hey, yo. Anyway, so, uh, Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. I love that so much. Malkovich, Malkovich. So Malkovich. we are both John Malkovich. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Malkovich. <laughs> um, you know, that's going to be the description. That's going to be the only word in the description for this episode. Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> it's just Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. I think I'm going to just put it like six. I'm just going to put it like 16 times. That's a very good idea. <laughs> with, with, with different like punctuation. And, like, <laughs> you know. It'll be our most popular episode for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because uh, if you are unaware, we are covering being John Malkovich, the 1999 Spike Jones film. Yes. And that's Charles D. Lincoln and I'm Chelsea Lesage, just in case you had no idea who we were. <laughs> yeah. We're of uh, CL Squared Productions. Uh, we're filmmaker people. And uh, before we begin, we just wanted to tell you about a uh, wonderful uh, campaign going on right now. Yes. Um, where uh, we have a film. Uh, it's a horror film, Bishop's Cove. Uh, kind of Hellraiser-esque, like Hellraiser mixed with Silent Hill and mixed with Requiem for a Dream. And uh, we need your help to uh, fund the practical effects. Because, you know what? How many times on this podcast have we put down things for having bad PS1 graphics? Yes, often. Yeah, exactly. You know what, people? We are trying to prevent another Veronica. You don't want that. You don't want a Veronica. You don't, you don't want there to be just weird random eyes on nipples that, don't, that look like weird pasties. Yeah, you don't want there to be a weird... Why are you just like making me think about all of this again? This is just yeah. torture. Well, well, that's the thing. is like You know what? We're trying to do things the right way. We're trying to raise uh, certain funds in order to uh, be able to do practical effects. And we need your help. Yes, um, we do. We have, we have a bunch of perks. Um, uh, you know, everything from you can play a video game with us, um, you can become one of the damned souls in the hell scenes, mm-hmm. um, as well as uh, there's other perks, including being able to be a guest on this very show. Um, or, or perhaps you yourself are an indie filmmaker and you've made something and you want to get that you want to get it out there. Perhaps. Chelsea and I, for the right price, can actually do a cinematic autopsy of your film. Yay. I mean, there you go. You'd be exposing yourself to, to minors. And, 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 uh, you'd be exposing <laughs> Charles. No, bad Charles. <laughs> I did not mean children. I meant minors, people in the coal industry, Chelsea. They're, very, they're a very important part of our demographic. But um, you can go and, and be part of, you know, the uh, cinematic autopsy madness. Mm-hmm. So please catch the wave or whatever the fuck stupid 80s saying I'm thinking of at the moment. I have no uh, idea. I was not alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. So go to igg.me slash at slash bishops cove. B-I-S-H-O-P. S C O V E A B C D No Bishop's Cove just one word Yeah don't Yeah don't confuse people Chelsea we're trying to sell shit um, <laughs> You're talking about minors over here <laughs> Yeah so <laughs> Yeah you know, give us your uh, money and we'll make you very happy That's what she said Yeah no you know what like we will you know film uh you know if you see some of the stuff that we've talked about where things are not done right we're trying to do things right and we can only do that with your help 
Yes. So we, un, unlike Glenn Danzig, we don't have a million dollar budget to go and spend on horses and wolves. So we would rather spend it on, you know, actual things that'll look good in a film. Yes. And Malkovich. So, Malkovich. Yes. So uh, that address is igg.me slash at slash Bishop's Cove. One word. All right. So now on to being John Malkovich. So, Chelsea, uh, what did you think of this film? This is the randomest movie in the history of ever that is very well done and just so random. And I think I might have to just keep watching over and over again because I really enjoyed it. Mm, mm. Being John Malkovich uh, came out in 1999 uh, from Spike Jones. At the time, Spike Jones had done a lot of music videos. Yes. Um, stars John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, and Catherine Keener. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, well, John, John Malkovich. Malkovich. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Chelsea, why don't you uh, open us uh, yes. up here? Oh, I'm going to open you. Nope, stop it. Um, so, so. That's lights what up, she said. Lights up on, like, this <laughs> stage, and it's a curtain that's being drawn, and there's applause, and then you see what looks like these giant life-size puppets. Um, in this home, they're like marionettes, and then they start, he starts, this puppet keeps and starts tearing shit apart. Um. Well, you know why he starts tearing shit apart? He know, he sees the strings. He sees the strings, yes. Yes, he sees that he's a puppet. And that's why we get the, uh, the low-angle shot of John Cusack manipulating the puppet, uh-huh. because the puppet is looking up and seeing the source of his manipulation. Yeah, it's, it's funny, because I wrote... I, <laughs> couldn't remember for the life of me how to spell puppeteer so i wrote so every time i wrote down puppeteer i wrote it differently and i think everyone is wrong (laughs) oh well yes so and then it's the end of that and we cut to him um well this is a very like i think we we need to spend more time on this because this is a very important sequence to the film yeah Um, go ahead though (laughs) there's there's you know i mean he looks in the mirror and then he looks at his entire room, um, and we see that the puppet, the puppet actually is also made to look like John Cusack. Yes. Um, although not John Cusack as we're used to seeing him. This is kind of like creepy incel John Cusack. Yeah, he's got long hair and a beard and a mustache. It's very not serendipity at all. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's not like good long hair. It's like long hair and a ponytail that's obviously uncombed and unwashed. Yes. Um, and so it does this very intricate dance with, like, you know, flipping and, and sorrow and despair. And then the crowd goes wild for the puppets, mm-hmm. only for us to discover that the crowd was actually just a recording he had. It's so depressing. <laughs> yeah. He wakes up with a parrot on his head, a parrot named Orrin Hatch. <laughs> yes, he does. I forgot the parrot's name. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, and then, I, uh, yeah, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't actually remember who Orrin Hatch is. No, me neither. I know he was a, I think he was a politician. Oh, really? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not like a hundred percent certain <laughs> who Orrin Hatch is, but I'm pretty sure he was, oh yeah, he was a former U.S. Senator. Oh, okay. According to, uh, the great Google and the great Google knows all. The great Google knows. John Malkovich, John Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah, so so the puppeteer's name is Craig, and he wakes up with a uh, a parrot on his head, and his wife Lottie, um, suggesting he'd feel better if he got a job. (laughs) Yeah, suggesting. (laughs) And 
I love is we've been over this. Nobody's looking for a puppeteer in today's wintry economic climate. And she, yeah, and she's just like, no, I mean, I mean, um, like an actual job, not. Don't you could just see the devastation in his eyes. Like, yeah, my yeah, wife does not believe response, in me. Yeah, and his response is Derek Mantini doesn't need a day job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. She asked them to look after their chimp, um, Elijah, and I normally hate movies with monkeys in it, but this movie um, gets an exception for that. Yes. You don't like movies yeah. with monkeys in it? Why? I, I have a deep hatred for monkeys. What? Yes, because if we don't, if, if I'm telling you, keeping them around is just going to lead to Planet of the Apes. <laughs> No other creature keeps their old evolution around. We have, and it's gonna it's gonna bite us on the ass. I'm telling you. Oh my god! But, but they're so cute. Elijah's adorable. They'll rip your face off. They're planning already. They're learning to use simple tools. It's too late. Anyway. Yeah. So he's watching TV with the with the De- Derek Mantini, who is a, a rival puppeteer, <laughs> doing a play with the sixty foot Emily Dickinson puppet. <laughs> Because why not? And he says, I think, yes. I feel, I suffer. And I loved that yes. so much. <laughs> yes, he's, t- he's, he's telling Elijah he doesn't know how lucky he is to not be a human. Because consciousness is a terrible curse. <laughs> I think, I feel, I suffer. And all I ask in return is the opportunity to do my work. And they won't allow it. Because I raise issues. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something that you would say. <laughs> Yes, but I actually do raise issues. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, that's the whole. I think that's the whole funny part of it. Is like, if you saw a musician or an actor having this attitude, you'd be like, oh yeah, of course. You know, yeah. totally. They would, or a writer, they would totally. You know, of course, they would have. You know, um, all this pain and sorrow that goes into their things. But a puppeteer, like, there's no market for a puppeteer. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I think about it, and I'm like, I can't name you a single puppeteer's, like, actual name. No, puppeteering is something that, like, you know, has not been a big thing since, like, the 1600s, basically. But he makes these really intricate puppets. Like, they're really well done. But I did, I do have to say in the opening sequence when I saw that, um, when I saw that puppet, of course, we hadn't seen John Cusack yet, so I was like, is this a man or a woman puppet? We couldn't, I couldn't So we see him uh, doing a puppet show on a street corner for uh, for the small for little spare body. Yeah, for for yeah, some a spare little, money. A little, yeah, a little girl walks by. She's like, "Oh, Dad, look, uh, puppet show. Can I watch it?" <laughs> yeah, sure, but just for a minute, kid. Yeah. So explain this puppet show. Well, they're dressed as like what is it? Like a like a monk and a nun. Um, two of yes. them and. It's just um, lots of... It's about their forbidden love. It's forbidden love and, like, religious sexual innu- innuendos. Um, and they climax, the climax of it is just, like, he's, like, humping. The little marionette is just, like, humping the air and exclaiming. I forget exactly what. But um, but the dad... And she is humping. She's humping the and wall. And she's humping the wall. Yeah. It's really it's really something. And then um, he's got to be like a master puppeteer like that guy actually deserves to be well known for how <laughs> for the things he can make these fucking puppets do and so the dad notices like here's what they're doing that they're basically having an orgasm these puppets um <laughs> he notices and yells at john cusack and punches him in the face <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> now, to me, the funniest part of that is the very next scene because he goes to Lottie's pet store. Yes. And her immediate reaction is, not again. <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? And he just goes, I'm a puppeteer. I'm a puppeteer. <laughs> now, here's the thing. You have to remember, they needed actual puppeteers to make this movie. Right. So, we have no idea who the fuck they are. <laughs> That's, you know what I mean? Like, like how do they, they feel to, about this? <laughs> yeah, they had to find incredibly talented puppeteers to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a movie that basically points out about how there is no real market for you to do your work, market yourself as a puppeteer. <laughs> yeah, that's just sad. Yeah, so he decides to go look for a job. Um, and in the old days, there used to be things called newspapers, yes. and they were like these paper things that had stories in them, kind of like when you go to CNN or Fox News, but they'd be written. Yeah, they write them down with like ink. Yep. Yeah. And there's a big factory the back, that makes them. <laughs> yeah, and in the back, there were all these ads for different jobs. Um, if you had the Village Voice, it was all escort ads for about like twelve pages. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, I remember I wrapped one of my friend's Christmas gifts in all the escort ads once. <laughs> That's very, very cool. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to yeah. do that. Yeah, so he lands on this one classified that says that they're looking for a man with fast hands. And it's kind of like a eureka yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. At Lester Corp at the seven and a half floor. Yeah, yeah. So he goes for this, like, interview, and he realizes it's on floor seven and a half, and Octavia Spencer is randomly in the elevator and is willing to help him. Is that who that was? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I was like, you can't fuck up her face. I know it had to have been her. I have Mm. no doubt. And she says that she looks at him and just goes, you going to the seven and a half floor? And so she presses the emergency stop between eight or between seven and eight. And she grabs like this crowbar and pries the door open to like this little small space where you have to crouch down the entire (laughs) floor. (laughs) I just remember wondering how bad must people's backs be from working there? Seriously. Like, I would just want to get, like, knee pads and, like, walk on my knees the whole time so you don't, like, become, like, a hunchback. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, love, I love the shots of just the regular office drones going about their business while either, like, crouched down or bent over. Yeah. Because the ceiling is, like, four feet tall or something like that. Yeah. And so crazy. Yeah. And so... Hi, Gertrude. No, you cannot come up. Um, so, yeah, we're at Lester Corp, and the receptionist can't understand him, and she's making... Flores. Yeah. Flores. And it just... This yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense. Why this, why, did this, why did they do this? I don't understand. She can't, like, figure out anything that he is saying when she's the one who's not making any sense. Well, yeah, I love when uh, she, he announces himself as Mr. Schwartz, and she starts calling him Mr. Juarez. Yeah. Yeah, and then she, and she goes to, like, call security when she, he tries to correct her. And he was like, nope, nope, Juarez. So he get call, gets called in. And, yeah. It's actually Mr. Lester who calls for security. Yes, Mr. Lester Because he, uh, he's, he's like, oh, uh, Mr. Juarez. And he's like, no, sir, I'm actually Mr. Schwartz. And he's like, security! <laughs> and he's like, no, no, Flor- your, 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 your receptionist, Flores, got the name wrong. Yeah, and, um, but he says, uh, Mr. Lester says that he has a speech impediment, but he doesn't. <laughs> yes. So he's always like, can you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, and I also love how he goes, and before you ask, no, I'm not banging her. <laughs> what? 
Yes, this man is wildly inappropriate, and there'd be so many lawsuits like <laughs> over this man had it been made today. So he gets the job. Well, you know what's? <laughs> wait, you know what's really funny? In 1999, that was still funny. Really, it was still considered inappropriate all the way back then. <laughs> like so, <laughs> it's so fucked up. It becomes funnier with time, I think. Because now it's just completely and totally inappropriate. Yeah, you're like, how is this possible? How are they getting away with this? Yeah. yeah. So he gets the so, job. Well, you should tell about the test, because the test is amazing of how he gets the filing job. Oh, yeah. He just has to, um, if I remember correctly, well, he, he has to go and... Well, he writes down two letters, um, and he oh, says, yes. uh, put them in alphabetical order. And, uh, One is and Craig not says, a letter. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is not a letter, and he goes, "Oh, you're, you're you know, you're really smart." Um, yeah. And then he hands him some flashcards and tells him to put them in order. Yep. Um, and he does it quickly because yeah. they're looking for someone with fast hands. Yeah. <laughs> and so Craig asks why the ceiling is so low, and he goes on, "Low overhead, my boy." And <laughs> so he goes and watches the orientation video. Oh my god. Yeah, so it gives so the, the history. Uh, yeah, in the 1800s, James Merton, an Irish ship captain, came to America to build an office building uh, named after himself and someone else who local legend has it was named Flemmer. One day, a little person came by and said the world was not built with her in mind. The story moved him and he made her his wife and he shall build a floor between the 7th and 8th of floor of the building where there will be a place for her and as he puts it her accursed kind seriously and also she looks like a child someone he was like and you will be my wife i was like no no so the rents are lower for businesses uh, that are kind of going out of business yeah it's yeah like, so businesses that are cut that want to cut corners mm-hmm. <laughs> basically they rent space at the seventh and a half floor yes so we now meet Catherine Keener, who's playing a character named Maxine. Uh-huh. And uh, the first thing she says is that the story is bullshit. Yeah. And she's he's, wearing this, like, great white outfit that I just loved so much. Mm. He starts immediately flirting with her, and she wants nothing to do with him. Yes. Stupid man. Come on. So then we cut, of course, to, to um, the parrot... <laughs> yelling (laughs) they're back at the apartment and there's just like it made me so happy because there are so many animals in this house (laughs) i literally like i paused it and then like went online to look at where i could rescue more animals and had to convince myself like chelsea no you can't do this (laughs) yeah like i know there's an iguana there's elijah the, the chimp there's a dog there's birds yeah um I I I'm sure there's more. I just did not notice more. Yeah. So she so Lottie says that she wants a baby on top of all of these animals, and he's like, well, you know, you need the job to kind of like pay off. <laughs> you need money to have a child. <laughs> yeah. We should also bring up that Lottie is played by Cameron Diaz, who is just completely unrecognizable here. Yeah, I didn't realize it was her until halfway through the film. Yeah. Yeah, like like Cameron Diaz, um, you know, most people know her as this kind of like hot blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, and here she's very frumpy. Her hair is frizzy and brown. Mm-hmm. Um, she has very little makeup on. She does a great job in this role though. Yeah. I loved it. So next She's not yeah, she's she's not acting like Cameron Diaz, and I think that's part of why this was probably such a fun role for her yeah, to do. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. So we're back. We got uh, Maxine and Craig in the break room, and she's kind of flirting. And then what's the secretary's name? Floris. Floris. What kind of name is Floris? (laughs) Mm. I don't understand. A floral one? A floral one. So then uh, Floris starts flirting, which doesn't make any sense. And Lester comes in and says that he's 108 years old. And that his secret is carrot juice. <laughs> well, there's also what what it happens is basically because, um, like I said, I, I feel like we need to put more detail here because it's some of the dialogue <laughs> here is amazing. Um, Catherine Keener basically tells him, "If you ever got me, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have a clue what to do with me." <laughs> and while he's filing, Flores makes a comment about how, "Wow, those are fast hands. Maybe you could alphabetize me." <laughs> And Eddie's like, I'm very flattered, Flores, but I'm in love with someone. And she just says, I'm afraid I have no idea what you're saying to me. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Lester comes in and accuses him of toying with her and says, if I was younger, I'd box your ears. Um, And then he explains that he's 105 years old. And he pisses our um, and he all he drinks is just like juice. Yeah. Yeah, like Eddie, he's he goes. I piss orange, and I have to piss sitting down like a da- like a goddamn girly <laughs> every fifteen minutes. <laughs> but I guess that's the secret to like living that long. So it's good to know. Yes. We all know now. Yeah, and then he starts going into his fantasies of what he wants to do to Florence. <laughs> I'm glad. I think I purposefully didn't write this shit down. <laughs> yeah, I want to feel Florence's naked thighs. I wanted to shiver with ecstasy, and, and like yeah. he just starts going on and on, and and that's when Craig is like, uh, maybe this isn't the right place for this sort of conversation. <laughs> so he gets invited to uh, the juice place at 8 p.m. on uh, Thursday. Yes. Or is it Tuesday? It's one of those days. I don't know. Uh, um, and uh, as he's leaving, Catherine uh, Keener, Maxine is leaving, and um, he goes, do you know, I don't even know your name or where you work, and she just says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to, to guess her name, and he does that whole, he, yeah, your name like is Yeah, he gives like three tries Flora, to guess, guess her name. Which is just like, stupid. <laughs> I've seen that in so many different things. I was like, but nobody actually ever does that. Right? I, I, I've done it. Oh, come on, <laughs> Charles. No. Not to flirt with someone, but just when someone was like, do you know, you know who I am, right? And I'm like, yeah. Like, I just went to the alphabet until I'm really surprised at that because I feel like you're the type of person who would just be like, no, <laughs> don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm also I'm also a very polite person, Chelsea. I'm a very well mannered. Yes. Uh, yes. He's very well mannered, despite what yes. all the papers say. <laughs> there are no papers. This is 2020. <laughs> <laughs> just explain what newspapers are. Hey, I wrote on yes. paper. I wrote on actual paper. <laughs> use a computer because i'm from the future future. (laughs) yeah anyway um so he eventually comes at maxine and uh she tells him to meet her at the stuck pig at seven o'clock yes yeah so meanwhile at the juice place lester is describing his sexual fantasies he calls himself eros he says that he is eros which is just hilarious 
I, my favorite line here, besides my spunk to you, is like manna from heaven, is picture me in leather, a harness, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like this old, old man. Like, yeah. he's... <laughs> it doesn't make any... It, it's just like he's so old that he's not one of those people that you could, could ever convince that their behavior is inappropriate. You know, like, yeah, that would just yeah. never happen. So he well, knows, he's 105, 105, so. <laughs> so you notice that the time is ticking, and he and they, um, Maxine had said if she was, if he was a minute late, that she would leave. So, um, so he, he tells Lester he lies and says that he has to go and meet his wife. And he gets to Maxine literally, I think, at 7 o'clock on the dot. And yeah, she's getting at eight o'clock. Eight. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Seven o'clock. Yes. Seven o'clock. Yeah. I did write down one thing, and it was the correct time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah. So she's on, getting... on his way out. By the way, Lester makes an appointment for dinner on Thursday with his wife, and and he says, "You can come too." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So Maxine's first question to him is, are you married? And he's like, yeah, but enough about me. (laughs) Yeah, and she likes his energy, which is good, which makes me happy. So you see, this is definitely going to go somewhere. I don't know. Um, and then they're, they are, he's back at the house and he tells his wife about the dinner on Thursday. Well, you, you skipped, you skipped when, when she says that, when he says he's a puppeteer. Oh. And the next line, she yells, she asked for the check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I did not take very detailed notes on this because it was a lot. And also I have food poisoning. That's my excuse. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the movie that probably needs the most detailed notes, I think. Like, <laughs> well, thank goodness Charles is here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now he's back home. Mm-hmm. And she also was just very blunt. Like, she, she was asking, like, what do you like about me? Is it my tits? And uh, when he says, uh, no, no, and, and uh, she starts implying he's gay. Yes. You know. Um, and then he's like, he corrects himself and is like, no, no, I do. I do like your tits. And she's like, OK, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's very worldly. I really like that about her. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Catherine Keener said that she actually hated the character of uh, of Maxine. Really? Yeah, she said that she did not picture herself as that character, and she actually really hates that character. Whoa, that's crazy! Like she said, she doesn't. She didn't hate playing her. She hates the character as if she met her, she would think she was a piece of shit. Was her line about? Yeah, it. I mean, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But I think I think she got an Oscar nomination uh, for it. Though. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So, yes, yeah. they're home, and he tells Lottie about the dinner on Thursday, and she was all worried about him because he was out really late. Um, And then he decides that he wants to go to his workshop. And what does he do in the workshop? He makes a marionette of Maxine. Because, of mm-hmm. course, naturally, it's exactly what you're going to do. Um, yeah. There's also that shot of the lo- the, do- the Lottie one. Yeah, she's That's, just like, being, off in the corner. Yeah, so obviously yeah. Lottie's been replaced. And Lottie's marionette yeah. is just hanging up, like, really depressingly yeah. in the corner of yeah. the room. And he starts having the conversation he basically wished he had with Maxine. Yeah. Which is so creepy. Like, I, I really have to give, like, John Cusack does not really play creepy characters, and Craig is such a creepy guy. He is super creepy. Yeah. yeah. 
He's like, like he's not he's not a good person. Like he's no outright like just a piece of shit. And you know I love writing characters that are not and he gets, <laughs> great people. He gets worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much worse. So he says that he wants yeah. to become someone else, and don't we all? Isn't that why we're actors in the first place? <laughs> um, so I understand, like the whole idea of him wanting to like disappear into his puppets. Um, that makes sense. So he makes the in this conversation with the marionettes, he has them flirt and they kiss, which just, of course, <laughs> who doesn't want to see puppets kissing? <laughs> And he talks he talks about how, you know, it's about being inside someone else's skin and all this sort of stuff. And she says to him, would you like to be inside me, Craig? It's good in here. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love that they cut immediately to real life where she's like, uh, he's not someone she could be interested in. He plays with dolls. He plays with dolls, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he tries saying the thing that he said in the conversation where he's like, no, 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 it's it's not, it's about more than that. It's about being inside someone else's skin. <laughs> and she just looks at him like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> creeped out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame her. Um... Yeah, and he says, no, that he's never felt this way before. And that catches her attention. She just says, like, oh. (laughs) It's just so fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, like, but she says it in the, like, you know, like, aw. Like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's a mocking (laughs) oh. Yeah, I really love her attitude. I mean, I could, maybe I wouldn't like her if I met her in person either, but... You know, yeah. If she had the amount of animals that Lottie had, then how could you not like Maxine? Like that's the one basic well, thing. <laughs> but she, well, she doesn't have that. No, yeah, I know it's so sad. Yeah. So we cut to him filing when a file falls behind a cabinet, mm-hmm. and he goes to move it, um, but because it's in the middle, uh, it, he has to get the thing that we forgot the name of on our wrestling podcast. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> to the thing that he uses to move the cabinet. What does he use to move the cabinet? Uh, the thing with wheels. Oh, um, yeah, those things. <laughs> yeah, you and I forgot what it was called, and I still can't remember no, what I it's called. No, I can't remember what it's called either. <clears throat> it's so yeah. sad. Yeah, so he finds yeah. this, like, crawl space filled with mud and wind, which is so random, and there's, like, no end in sight to it. So, yeah, of course he must find out what it is, because <laughs> then the yeah, plot so he- begins. <laughs> So he ventures inside, and then eventually the cave starts getting squishy. Yes. (laughs) Squishy cave. Wind starts howling, and he is forced towards the end of it where he sees someone eating toast and reading the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, and you got, like, you know it's the 90s when they're using the fisheye lens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this person looks in the mirror, and we see that it is John Malkovich. (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy. So he goes They Go ahead. Yeah, they cut. Well, they cut to Maxine, and she's on the phone to someone saying, "Hey, the puppeteer told me he loved me today, and I can't think of anything more pathetic." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's yeah. awesome. So John Malkovich takes a cab to the Broadhurst Theater. Uh, cab driver asks if he's an actor. He says he was all right in that one movie where he played a jewel thief, <laughs> but he's like, "I've never played a jewel thief," and the guy's like, "No, no, I'm pretty sure it was you." <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. And then, so, and, go ahead. 
And we cut to Craig falling from the sky onto the jer- onto a ditch on the side of the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> I was like, it, what, what baffles me too is like you're on the New Jersey Turnpike, right? When you get spit out in this ditch, how do they? Because they throughout the movie they go back and forth to this ditch, and how do they get <laughs> from the middle of Manhattan to this within like 15 minutes? I don't understand. How long does it normally take to get to the Jersey Turnpike? Well. From we have to go through like the tunnel first. I would assume. I always assume that the Merton Flimmer building was in Midtown. Yeah. So no, it yeah. takes more than fifteen minutes. So time is an illusion. So don't let that stop you from enjoying the film. Okay. <laughs> um, and there's this so great he immediately sh- goes to Maxine. Yeah. Oh, go on. Tell no, talk there was. About a, the I just love that there's like a great and depressing shot of like the Manhattan skyline with the Twin Towers, and I was like, ah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, well, that's once again. That's just that's just a now thing. Like, yes. you have to remember at the time when that was shot. That was just oh, okay. It's just showing the New York City skyline. No, I know, no one exactly. would even think. But it just twice made me about so sad. It. it just made me so sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he hitchhikes back, right? And he goes to Maxine and ex- and just like explains. He's covered everything. in filth. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's covered in filth and crazed and. <laughs> She t- he tells her about the portal to John Malkovich, and I love that she's like, that's great. Who the fuck is John Malkovich? <laughs> he's like, oh, he's, he's been in a lot of things, that, that Jewel Thief movie. <laughs> and his life has changed. This is just like, this is a new, this is like a new chapter. He's, comp- he's going to be a completely different person from now on, and she leaves, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He tries to talk about the metaphysical implications of it, and... <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, I don't know how I'm going to continue like with my life this way. And I love that she just quietly points to the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, so um, we see him coming from the shower and then Maxine calls mm-hmm. and she's decided she wants to sell tickets to Malkovich. Yeah, tickets. At $200 a pop. $200 a pop. And... Um... What did he think? He thought it was, like, scary? I wrote that he thinks it was scary. Why did I write that? Um, he basically, he, he was wondering about the, uh, the ethical implications of oh, it. Oh, yeah. So now he has some morals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells Lottie about the portal, and she wants to try it. And, um, mm-hmm. he takes her on the way to Lester's to check it out. Yeah. And... As she sees through Malkovich's eyes, she's in the shower, and she can feel as he feels as he showers. Yes. Um, and she giggles when he when he dries his penis off after the shower. <laughs> yeah, she did. That, was so funny. that was so good. So she gets spit out in on the New Jersey Turnpike, and of course, uh, Craig is just already there. <laughs> yeah, waiting. Um, and she feels like her whole life now made sense after being John Malkovich. Yeah, like he made everything make sense to her. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're at dinner at Lester's, right? And, and, I, and I love the first question is, can you understand a word I'm saying? Yeah, yes. And they're like, yes, yes, we can understand. I don't understand the speech impediment thing. Like, is that just like a random thing that was thrown in there? Uh, I think it's because of Floris. <laughs> like, Floris has convinced Lester that Lester has a speech impediment. Yeah, yeah. because Floris can't hear, so he's convinced it must be him. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Um, so she's so, obviously I, really distracted. Did, did, you notice, did you notice, by the way, that they're all, like, their entire meal is liquid? No, I did not notice that. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah, their entire meal is liquid. 
<laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> they're they're having like soup, and they're drink they're drinking like you know juice. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. Yeah. So she goes. It's a beautiful. What? So sorry, I was gonna say it's a beautiful place though, but way too many doors. Way too many doors, and of course, now that Lottie's whole universe has been like thrown upside down, and she knows who she are and every who she is now, and everything in the world makes sense. She needs to investigate. She's distracted, um, and just starts opening doors when she excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And she stumbles upon this room that's kind of like a timeline museum. Of all things, John Malkovich. <laughs> yes, it's got different roles he's played. It's got his like his his like school pictures. It's 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 the type of thing you like you'd find in like a really obsessive, creepy fans place. Yeah, definitely. It's like stuff from when he was like yeah, like when he was a child up until now. Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. So in the car, she's wondering if it's weird that Malkovich has a portal. And she's like, it's very vaginal. It's like he has a penis and, and a, vagina. a vagina. It's like it's it's like it's Malkovich's feminine side. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, so now we're back at uh, the office, and who comes to visit him? Uh, Lottie. Lottie comes. Lottie comes to visit while Maxine is trying to place the ad. Right. And what's the significance of nine p.m. to four a.m.? That's just when it makes sense. To That's go- just when. Well, yeah, because they they can't do it while the office is uh, open. Right. Right. Um, Yeah, so Maxine is on the phone. And... Sorry. Oh, my God. And so, oh, so she decides that she's going to make this. It's going to be called um, JM Incorporated, (laughs) which I just love. I love that so much because I was already just, like, abbreviating writing JM the whole time anyway, so I felt smart. Um, and Lottie discovers that she is trans now. Yeah. Well, she said she felt right in Malkovich's body. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wants to, you know, after she wants, so she wants to go in Malkovich again. And if, uh, if she still feels the same way, um, she wants to, uh, talk to her doctor about transitioning. However, uh, the, Craig points out that doctor is an allergist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, Craig is just really not supportive of her at all. No. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah, and she asks him to not stand in the way of her actualization as a man. Fuck. So, um, Maxine says, let her go, and then Maxine says, sorry, him. (laughs) And so, as Lottie goes off, Maxine decides to call John Malkovich. Right. Yeah, so he's reading... Uh, a script, Maxine calls, she invites him to dinner at 8 p.m. Because um, she loved him in that Jewel Thief movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what movie that is. It's not a movie. John Malkovich has not been in a Jewel Thief movie. <laughs> <laughs> he corrects the per- the first person who says it, and then just everyone just keeps implying he's been in a Jewel Thief movie. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. So Lottie wants to meet him there. Um... And she's chanting, meet her there, meet her there. And seems Malkovich is going to take the suggestion. So Lottie now wants to go back in at 8 p.m. Yeah, duh, naturally. Um, all right, so yeah, he actually shows up. He actually shows up to this dinner, and the waiter says that he's great in that movie where he plays a retarded person, right? Is that what yes. he did? 
<laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's the one not Jewel Thief reference. And then yeah. I don't even know what movie that's a reference to either. Of Mice and Men, I assume. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because he was, he was Lenny. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. My dad would be ashamed. My dad teaches a course on that, and I have not watched that movie. Don't tell him. He doesn't know how to listen really? to podcasts. It's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I referenced that in fucking Teresa and Allison. <laughs> do you really? Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, well, Tony references book. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've just never seen the movie. So um, does your dad teach the course in just um, of Mice and Men uh, in general or specifically of the John Malkovich version? Because that would be I, very weird. I think he makes <laughs> them watch that. Like, okay, okay. But, but, no, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's generally about, like, is it about Steinbeck or yes, is it just specific? It's, it, okay. It's a Steinbeck course. Yeah, like a year Okay, so it's not just like this one work and <laughs> this one version of it. <laughs> That'd be like that'd be like a very very specific like Shakespeare class. Yes. <laughs> like we're only going to teach you about like the fucking uh, Julie Newmar version of, of Titus <laughs> Andronicus. <laughs> like, I mean, like I'm kind of into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that version, but it'd be very weird if that was like what the class was only focused on. We're not going to teach you any other Shakespeare. We're not even going to go over the play. We're just going to go this one, through the whole semester, we're going to just review this one film, <laughs> adaptation of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'd take that class. Yeah, so uh, Lottie is watching through the eyes of uh, as Maxine shows up, and Lottie is just totally into Maxine. Yeah, she loves it so much. Yeah, so later on, Craig asks uh, what, uh, what he did, and Lottie lies about it. Um, right. And then, you know, about how he just kind of stayed at home. I think he's kind of lonely. And Craig, of course, tries to be like, well, see, Lottie, this is, uh, you know, this is this is showing you that men can feel unfulfilled, too. So fucked up. He's just like bullying her. Yeah. It's just manipulating her and not appreciating anything that she feels ever. (laughs) Yeah. So Lottie. Yeah. This is like such a loveless marriage between the two Mm -hmm. of them. It is. Yeah, so Lottie wants to invite Maxine over for dinner. Um, we see them meeting with people. One guy asks if he could be it. I love the guy who's like, can I be anybody I want to be? And uh, Maxine just, like, you know, uh, Craig is about to go into some long-winded explanation. Maxine's just like, you could be John Malkovich. <laughs> and I love that, he, that his response is... Oh, that's great. He was my second choice. (laughs) Just randomly out of everyone. (laughs) And I'm just like, I can't, like, I can't imagine if you could be anyone in the world, John Malkovich would even be in your, like, top five. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he'd be on my list, like, period. (laughs) No, no. I don't even think about him that often, you know? Yeah. I love him as an actor. I think yeah. John Malkovich is a treasure, but, you yes. know. I would, I, I mean, I, I think about John Malkovich and stuff that, boy, it'd be great if we could afford to cast John Malkovich as that character. Right. But I've never been like, you know, man, I'm dissatisfied with my life. If only I could be John Malkovich today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I love, and I love how mundane 
uh, when he goes into Malkovich's life. <laughs> yeah, he's on the phone, like, requesting some, like, periwinkle. Um, hand towels, yeah. Hand towels. Instead, of, instead of a bath mat. <laughs> yes, and he's getting... While eating Chinese, well, while eating leftover Chinese food. Yeah, and it's interesting, I noticed that the Chinese food, it was completely full. Like, he never touched it and just put it in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the guy so, loved and, it, of course. In fairness, I've done stuff like that. Yeah, I but, but I mean what I what I mean, and I don't know if this is what they're meant to be implying, but I have ordered two of something so that I can eat another one later. Right. And I would put that full one in the fridge for that later makes on. Sense. Yeah. So um, Lottie is uh, flirting with Maxine. Craig is flirting with her, too, at this dinner. And uh, neither of them are doing anything for her. And she seems quite a bit horrified, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and then did. Maxine starts talking about how she respects people that go for what they want. <laughs> Which... And then both Craig and Lottie jump her. It's <laughs> just like, no, not, not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll tell you, that has happened in real life when I've given people speeches about going for what they wanted. Yeah, well, you, I hope you learned your lesson and you either kept doing it or you stopped doing it. <laughs> I've done it a couple times. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I, the funny thing is I've never done it with the intention of the other person coming on to me. I've right. just, you know, been going on my, my weird, crazy Darwinist view of life anyway. And like, the yeah. person would interpret that as, oh, that means Charles wants me to jump him. <laughs> Which, as I said, you know. Uh, it, it is, uh, it has happened a couple times because right. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an unpleasant experience. Good. I'm, I'm, but, um, I'm happy for you. So I love that Maxine's like, Craig, I just don't find you attractive. Bah, bah, bah. So and Lottie, up. I'm smitten with you, but only when you're in Malkovich. <laughs> At least she tells it like it is. <laughs> yeah. So she leaves. Craig and Lottie are both heartbroken. And uh, now we see there's a line of people trying to be Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Lottie calls Maxine and asks to invite herself over to Malkovich's after they close. Meanwhile, Craig is just laying in bed stewing in his jealousy because he's just a piece of shit. He's <laughs> like, a piece of shit. Craig sucks. <laughs> yeah, so we cut to Malkovich's place as Maxine comes over. Mm-hmm. When it suggests they go to bed together, she says, couple minutes, I'm early because she's waiting for Lottie to go she's in. She's waiting for Lottie. And I love that she's also not attracted to Malkovich unless yeah. Lottie is in, is in him. Yeah, it's so fucked up. I just they're, love they're that. Si- she's just sitting yeah. and waiting. Yeah, and she's like, so, uh, uh, do you like being an actor? <laughs> yeah, so when Lottie is there, they, you know, they get sexual. It's weird. <laughs> but I get it. I, I don't know. It's got to be, I think about it. I'm like, what would I do if I had a penis for a day? Like, no. <laughs> You'd break it. You would break it. Probably. <laughs> break the penis. You would break it and you would also probably injure yourself putting on pants. Yeah. Because you are not used to having to tuck something in before you pull a zipper up. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm convinced most people, if they woke up just one day with a penis, would get it caught in a zipper, which, in fairness, as a man, that is, most men I've talked to, that has happened to us at least once. And Shit. only once. <laughs> yeah, you learn your it, lesson there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one time that happens is when you, you, you never want it to happen again. Right. But, um, so there's a great shot of her looking into Malkovich's eyes to see Lottie. Mm-hmm. 
And um, at one point, you know, while they're kind of getting it on, she says, I love you, Lottie. And Malkovich just stops and goes, did you just call me Lottie? <laughs> and he's like, she's like, do you mind? And he goes, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so they have sex in the POV of uh, Malkovich, Lottie. Um, it's a great overhead shot of Lottie and Ecstasy on the Jersey Turnpike after they're done. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Craig, uh, she comes home. Craig is sitting at the table, just being a jealous asshole. Yeah, you were him, weren't you? Yeah. And her response is, "We love her, Malkovich and me." <laughs> yeah, and then doesn't she go and say, "You have a, you have a Maxine action figure to play with, or something?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that she calls the puppets an action figure. Yeah, so we see Craig now at work once again trying to come on to Maxine, and she says that she's fallen in love. And he says, no, you're not, because, and he's all disheveled looking and and jealous and angry, and he goes, this is what a person who's fallen in love looks like. What an asshole. And Maxine digs the knife in a little deeper, and he snaps. And we see him rushing home in a very intense montage. And Lottie comes home as Craig waits under the table, and he jumps out at her with a gun. And I love that he trips when he and falls when he's coming out at her. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just like, where did he get a gun? Who would ever allow that man to have a gun? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you could you could get a gun in New York City very easily. Yes. But uh, probably not a licensed one, so Craig is probably breaking the law. Yes. <laughs> Don't break <laughs> if, the law. If, if he wasn't by the unlawful imprisonment of locking Lottie in a cage with duct tape over her mouth. Right. Yes. So he makes he holds her at gunpoint and um, makes her call Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. Saying that she could, so that she could go back into Malkovich's body and be intimate with Maxine again. But. He's tricking her. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's, I love when he's trying to force her into the cage and all the animals are screaming. Yeah. So and it's, it's just it's this so like ugly, up. violent scene. Like, you know, so he locks her in a cage, he duct tapes her and binds her. And we cut to Malkovich rehearsing uh, Richard III. Mm-hmm. Um, what woman, what Yuma is, what's the line? You, you um, should know it. I should know yeah. it. The, the, um, yes. what, what, yeah, it's all, he's talking about Lady Anne and about how he just yeah. she killed her husband yeah. and is going to marry her. Yeah. yeah. But I love that. I was like, oh, it's Richard. <laughs> Do you know why they picked Richard III? Why? Because the director thought it'd be funny to see John Malkovich rehearsing with a hump. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> Why they they made it Richard the Third out of any other thing it could have been? <laughs> That's so messed up. Was ever a woman in this Yuma wound? Well, oh yeah. Was ever a woman in this Yuma one? And yeah. then that's when uh, he gets the call from Maxine. So yeah, she fucks uh, uh, she, uh, uh, she fucks uh, Malkovich, but it's Craig inside. Malkovich. I just can't believe that he took like a sex break from rehearsal. That like <laughs> yeah, he could just because he's playing Richard the Third. Like I guess the director had no problem with him just being like, I'm gonna go take a break to have sex with this random person who somehow got in the theater. In fairness, <laughs> if you or I did that, we'd get fired. Yes. If you or I were doing a play and John Malkovich was in it, and John Malkovich is, hey, I'm gonna take a. 15 minute break to go have sex. Yeah. Are we going to say no to John Malkovich? We'd complain no. about it. 
Yes. We'd be, be like, like, holy shit, why that was really unprofessional of him. <laughs> we'd be like, that was really unprofessional of him to do, and we'd bitch about it to each other. But we wouldn't, like, okay, I mean, what are we going to do? Have John Malkovich leave our play? No. So he goes and he has a sex break with uh, Maxine. And yes, as Charles said, it's Craig. And Craig is, like, really shitty pretending to be Lottie. <laughs> yeah, and he also, but he learns that he can manipulate uh, Malkovich's body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's awkward. So he, which... He makes uh he makes his right hand move across her left breast, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he makes her he makes uh, Malkovich say things, and Malkovich is seriously upset by this. Yes, because there's yeah, as you would be if you uh, if you suddenly started doing things, if your body suddenly started doing things that you did not choose for your body to do. Right. So, meanwhile, Craig, because he's an asshole, runs home to Lottie and starts bragging about how we can learn how to make Malkovich into another puppet. Right. And Lottie weeps as Elijah tries to comfort her. It's so sad. And then the, the monkey just, like, kisses her. I felt so bad. How yeah. can you not like monkeys when they kiss so cute? This I'm telling so you. Cute. Planet of the Apes. That's how Planet they trick of you. Planet the Apes, Chelsea. That's how they trick you. So then we cut to um we cut to Malkovich talking to uh Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Because <laughs> why not have Charlie Sheen? In it? Okay, the story behind that. Oh Jesus. Okay, hold on. I hope I didn't just I just hit the mic while I was doing that. Uh, hopefully that doesn't become a big ugly thing on the thing. And if it does, you know why. There's suddenly the noise of me hitting the mic. Um, in the uh, script, it was actually Kevin Bacon. Um. But uh, John Malkovich is real-life friends with Charlie Sheen, so he suggested that they cast Charlie Sheen instead. It's so it's just, like, so random. Baby Charlie Sheen. So cute. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they're... Um... See, see, funny thing is, that's the Charlie Sheen I remember, because I never watched the sitcom, whatever the fuck it was called, that he was on. Two and a half minutes. And then... And yeah, whatever it was. And then when he became, like, the whole tiger blood asshole, mm-hmm. like, who just was unbearable to fucking watch in anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't pay attention to him. So in my head, the young Charlie Sheen you see in there is the Charlie Sheen I'm familiar with. The one who was like in the eighties and nineties, who was like an actual actor before he became Charlie Sheen, obnoxious personality. Well, that's good. I'm glad you have a good memory of him. Yeah. That's, that's, that it's kind of interesting to look at it that way because like, you know, for you guys who never got to see Charlie Sheen when he actually and Charlie Sheen's not a bad actor at all. But you know, you guys grew up with him as a sitcom person right. and then him going insane and bragging about him boning pones porn stars and, and getting getting HIV and like just and all this other lunatic. Yeah. So I'm it's so very crazy. interesting to see that it's kind of like Gary Busey. If you're old, if you're if you're alive long enough, you you've known Gary Busey when he was an actor, <laughs> <laughs> and not just this insane fucking force of nature that nobody wants to be around, right? You know, or the guy who at the uh, at um, I I don't know what it was called, but um, there used to be a um a madam named Heidi Fleiss. Um, who had all these famous Hollywood um, clients for escorts. 
Oh. And uh, Gary Busey, the nickname, the, the girls eventually refused to work with Gary Busey, and he got the nickname Gary Abusey. Holy shit. Yeah, because apparently Gary Busey is not, a, not good for his clients. Wow. This is, of course, according to Heidi Fleiss, uh, so don't sue me. I am not, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is true. This is just what Heidi Fleiss said. Fuck. So uh, Gary Busey's lawyers uh, should stand down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so uh, Charlie Sheen he tells him that, uh, like, John Malkovich is freaking out. He's shutting all of his curtains. Um, and, uh, you know, he feels like he's going crazy. Charlie Sheen is all going on about how hot this is. <laughs> you know, and and he wonders if maybe she's a witch and she's using uh him to channel a dead lesbian lover or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's like confused why why like people are calling him Lottie and it's just like Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah. So we see him put on celebrity incognito and starts following Maxine. What I love about celebrity incognito and you know exactly what I'm talking anyone, anyone who's ever seen a celebrity, like where they put on the baseball cap and the glasses. And they think they're somehow invisible now. Because it's hilarious that no one who isn't a celebrity will ever dress like that, ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you dress like that, people will automatically think you're famous. Yes. That's why I dress like that. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so he goes and he follows Maxine. And he follows her to the portal, unknowing of what's ahead of him. And he asks the guy what service this business provides, and he finds out you get to be him for 15 minutes. <laughs> and I love that when he tries to cut the line, the line starts beating up John Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess that they don't even know who he is enough to, Yeah. Like... So De- Malkovich demands to do it to Craig and Maxine. And uh, so he crawls into the cave. I love this scene so much. <laughs> So he finds himself at a restaurant where the woman he is eating with has his head. The waiter is also him. And everything is just the word Malkovich. Yes. The, 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 the menu is just Malkovich written over and over again. <laughs> everyone is just say every line that everyone says is just Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Yes. And yeah. even when he tries to, like, yell, he just yells, Malkovich! Yes, and the menu is all just Malkovich. It's so good. There's a, there's a, torch, a torch singer over there on the piano, but it's John Malkovich in, like, an evening gown. It must have been um, so fun for him to do this. Yeah, you know, just singing, singing Malkovich, Malkovich, and he starts, like, trying to get out of the restaurant, and he's bumping into other John Malkoviches. Uh, Malkovich. <laughs> And the music starts. The music starts getting more discordant as he runs out into the sun and falls out into the Jersey Turnpike. Um, so Malkovich demand the portal be sealed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Malkovich says that he'll see you in court. And I love Craig saying, "What makes you think I won't be seeing what you're seeing in court?" Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I love that Craig is also like, "But it's my livelihood." Like, fuck you, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this saying? point. At this point, someone drives by and throws a can at John Malkovich's head with the, hey, Malkovich, think fast. (laughs) So there is a myth about this scene. The director was telling a joke that this was a drunk extra, and that became this kind of, like, Hollywood folklore. Oh. Um, It was not a drunk extra. Um, Basically, yeah, the director made a joke that it was a... um, it was a drunk extra who threw a beer can at John Malkovich, and they liked it so much they kept it in the movie. 
But that is not what really happened. What happened? It was planned. It was not a. Dr- it was. It was not a drunk extra. It was. Ju- it was someone they hired just to drive by and throw the can at John Malkovich. However, they didn't think the guy could get it on. Um, basically, I think they gave him a certain amount of shots to do it. And if he didn't get in that certain shots, then they would just move on to the next scene. And he got it in the first shot. Nice. And just beamed Malkovich right in the head in the first shot. <laughs> but for anyone who thinks that that was an extra who went out of control, number one, that would be a great way to get blacklisted for an extra. Yes. Number two, notice you can hear him say, hey, Malkovich, think fast. I know a lot of people have not been on a set, um, but for those of you who are not, there's a little thing called microphones. <laughs> yes. And if an extra just drove by and yelled, hey, Malkovich, think fast, you wouldn't hear it. No. <laughs> Especially on the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> because that's really, really loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guarantee you any dialogue they did there was ADR. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that was not a, so I know everyone likes to tell this story because it's a fun story, but it's not a real story. Yeah, you tell them, Charles. Yeah. So uh, Craig starts taunting. Uh, Lottie, and she taunts him back, and he starts thinking maybe he's a monster. You think? Um, <laughs> he softens and lets Lottie call Maxine, but it's a trick. And then we cut to Elijah's memory of being a chimp as his family was captured by hunters. But he didn't have time to rescue them. I do so love that sad. his fam. I love that his family also call him Elijah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... He's captured and failed, so now he's going to redeem himself by releasing Lottie. Mm-hmm. So Lottie calls Maxine and says it wasn't uh, that she wasn't Malkovich last time. And Maxine is torn because she's impressed that Craig can control Malkovich. It's really like, this is where I'm like, Maxine, you're a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on. This is probably why Catherine Keener doesn't like the character. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so she's like, well, if Craig can control Malkovich and I can control Craig. Um, so she decides she's still going to meet Malkovich. Yeah. So, so Lottie is walking to the rain dejected. And Maxine tells Malkovich she'll explain about the portal. Um, so she calls for Craig to take control of Malkovich. And he does. And I love the first thing she's like, let's do it on his dining room table and then we'll make him eat an omelet off it. <laughs> <laughs> And Malkovich tries to fight, and and Craig yells in in Malkovich's body, shut up, you overrated sack of shit. (laughs) It's really fucked up. Yeah. So Lottie takes a cab to Dr. Lester's place in the rain. Um, She tells Dr. Lester she has an unhealthy obsession with John Malkovich. She tells him she saw the Malkovich Museum room. And I love, what is this strange power that Malkovich exudes? <laughs> All she can think of is how she wants to be him. And Dr. Lester explains that he is actually Captain Merton. And the portal leads to Dr. Lester's body. And now it leads to John Malkovich. And eventually it'll lead to um, the next uh, host. Yeah. So we cut to Maxine and Malkovich. Craig figured out a way to make friends with the Malkovich body by thinking of it as a really expensive suit he enjoys. And we learn that Malkovich is set to become the next vessel on his 44th birthday. But if you don't make it there by midnight on that day, you get diverted to the next infant vessel and you get absorbed. 
you basically get trapped in the prisoner's, uh, uh, get held prisoner in the host's brain, unable to control anything, forever doomed to watch the world through someone else's eyes. That's so fucked which up. Sounds, which sounds awful. Yeah, I'm like, who the fuck thought of this? <laughs> yeah, so, Charlie Kaufman. Um, so, Dr. Lester introduces Lottie to a group of elderly people who are all going to join him in Malkovich, and I always wondered how that works. Yeah, I don't get how that works. Are they all going to control different aspects of him? Are they all just going to be, like, observers? Like, what exactly are they going to be doing, I mm-hmm. wonder? So, Maxine asked to see a puppet show at Matt with Malkovich's body. And this is why I, I said that the puppet show at the beginning was important. Because Malkovich recreates um, the exact dance that the puppet was doing at the, in the first scene of the film. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, which is called Craig's Dance of Despair and Disillusionment. That's awesome. And I wonder which was shot first. Huh. I wonder if they had Malkovich dance and then they based the puppets on him or if they had the puppet thing and then they taught Malkovich to emulate that. I think the first thing makes more sense. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, so Maxine says that was incredible. It's playing with people and it gets her very horny. And she suggests that he stay in Malkovich forever. (laughs) (laughs) She decides they can use all of Malkovich's money and live off his acting work. But Craig wants to launch his puppeteering career with Malkovich's notoriety. It's so fucked up. Come on, Craig. As if he couldn't get any yeah. worse. <clears throat> yeah. So, <clears throat> the elderly people invite Lottie to join them in Malkovich. Um, and she tells them that Craig is already in the Malkovich vessel. Yes. So, we see Malkovich's agent, Larry. He and Maxine. Um, and I love uh, how he keeps calling his receptionist a cunt. <laughs> and he's like, sorry about the cunt at reception. And, uh... So he tells uh, his agent he's no longer an actor. He's a he's puppeteer, a puppeteer. And he wants wants to redirect his career so the name John Malkovich would be synonymous with puppets. And then Maxine just starts laughing. We cut to eight months later. Yes, we do. So Maxine is pregnant and she's setting up a nursery. Craig is in Malkovich's body watching a special on Malkovich's new puppeteering career. <laughs> and he naturally. dresses and... Yeah, he dresses and wears his hair like like Craig. Yeah. So it's a whole retrospective on Malkovich's career and how he started uh, from scratch as a and how after he he achieved um, you know all these acolytes in acting, how he started from scratch as a fledging puppeteer. <laughs> he performed his puppeteering at the Emmys. He brought a, he brought about a renaissance in puppeteering. <laughs> I love that we see Sean Penn talking about how he wishes he could become a puppeteer. Yeah. And then we see John Malkovich's puppeteering class at Juilliard. (laughs) It's so fucked up. It's so so fucked up. Yeah, they uh, they call him, like, godlike and stuff. Like, he's just a genius. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't that Craig gets everything he wants. So they profile Maxine. Lottie is furious. We see Maxine has recoiled from the limelight since becoming pregnant. She's apologizing to Lottie, uh, the Lottie puppet in the crib. Malkovich goes off to uh, celebrate his 44th birthday during a performance of Swan Lake with life-size puppets interacting with real dancers. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Maxine telling her unborn daughter she loves her. Fuck. So... What happens next, Chelsea? I've been doing all the talking. I know, because I can't read my notes, so I'm just letting you talk. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. 
Well, Malkovich comes home with a cake and the phone ringing. Maxine's not answering when he calls out to her. There are signs of a struggle. We find out Dr. Lester has kidnapped Maxine and he wants Craig to leave Malkovich. Right. And he threatens to kill Maxine if he doesn't leave Malkovich. And Craig is not sure if he's going to. And I love it. We're going to kill your wife, you fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so good. Yeah, all the old people and Lottie gather as Craig calls their bluff. Um, and I love it. Craig is just too powerful. He jammed them all down at the Malkovich's subconscious if they tried to enter while he was still in there. Yeah. Like, how so would Lottie's, that work? I don't get how that would work. <laughs> Lottie sees Maxine, and she pulls out a gun, proclaiming, if I can't have you, no one will. And she chases Maxine into Malkovich, and they have this crazy fucking, like, chase through his memories. And Yeah, that was so cool. So can I tell you something that this scene actually inspired the whole interdimensional chase at the end of the Demon Hunter novel? Oh, that makes sense. It, it was directly inspired by this scene. That's so cool. Where, where Julie and the antagonist, who I won't mention because you should be buying the novel. Yes. Um, but when they're going through different dimensions, like that whole chase, it was directly based on the scene. That's amazing. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It did remind me of that, but I was like, nah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we see, and I love I love just how fucked up they make Malkovich's memories. <laughs> <laughs> like he's watching his parents fuck, and he's like smiling. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Like, I can't believe that. I wonder, like, in the script, what all of this, like, how it was written out. I really want to see the script. Yeah. We see, like, a naked teenage boy being snapped with a towel in, like, high school. Yeah. Um, we, we see a crying little boy who's John Malkovich just repeating to himself, I am bad, I am bad, I am bad. <laughs> we see John Malkovich sniffing panties. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> We see we see him on a date as a teen, and the girl tells him he's creepy. That's so sad. And then him on a school bus where the kids where the kids are yelling, "Little Johnny Malka P, wet his pants for all to see," <laughs> and he's just sitting there like weeping with like urine running down his legs. <laughs> That's something you would write. <laughs> you know, so. Maxine and Lottie fight and fall onto the Jersey Turnpike together. Right. And Lottie expresses how much she loves Maxine. Mm-hmm. And Maxine explains that it's her baby. I'm sorry, his baby. Because Lottie it's, yes. is... Uh, yeah. It's Lottie's baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she is the father uh, and the mother. <laughs> it's a he is the father. He is the father. Yes. Pronouns, Chelsea. So, <laughs> um, so um, it was conceived when Lottie was in Malkovich. Yes. And uh, Maxine says... That she kept it because uh, I knew you were the father. So we cut to Malkovich drinking at a bar, considering mm-hmm. the offer. A guy tries to ask if he's John Malkovich. He tries to deny who he is. And a scuffle starts where he gets punched a few times. Naturally. We see him, He sees himself in the mirror and he begs Lester not to kill Maxine. And then Craig leaves Malkovich. He falls onto the Jersey Turnpike and all the elderly people go in mass into the portal. And there's that like heartbreaking scene of Malkovich when there's no one in his head for a moment. Yeah. Just enjoying that moment of freedom before all the old people jump back into him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. He puts so much emotion into that, like, moment of of being free. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, So Lottie doesn't come back to the uh, seventh and a half floor in time. So Dr. Lester enters by himself. Uh, we see Lottie and Maxine kissing in the rain, which Craig sees and starts yelling to Maxine. 
Lottie and Maxine leave together, leaving him in the rain with nothing. Right. On the Jersey Turnpike. He's lost it all. He's claiming he loves her. He says he's going to go jump into Malkovich and kick Lester out. But it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. So seven years later, a very bald Charlie Sheen goes to Malkovich's door. Malkovich now is, looks like Dr. Lester. And he's now <laughs> with Floris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because duh. Yeah, and he tells Charlie Sheen that there's a way to live forever. Perhaps even uh, their friend Gary Sinise. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Gary Sinise. That was awesome. He shows Charlie Sheen Emily, the daughter of Maxine and Malkovich, and her growth. Mm-hmm. And then we see Emily at the pool with Lottie and Maxine. Uh, she gets told she can swim. Emily looks at Maxine and Lottie, and we hear Craig obsessing over Maxine because Craig was absorbed into Emily's mind. Yes, of course, naturally. Um, yeah, and we cut to black with the credits over just creepy music and shots of little girls swimming. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that was such a creepy fucking ending. It's like every single scene in this. And thank you for taking the reins on the end of that. I can't, I can't yeah. handwrite anymore. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah, I told a bad you, you should idea. do what, you should do what I do because I'm I'm using my other laptop. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's been a lifesaver. I'm gonna start doing that because I was like, wow, I can't read any of this. Thanks, Charles. Um, <laughs> But yeah, every scene is so fucked up, and it's just I don't I don't want to get inside the writer's mind. And maybe there's a portal to his mind somewhere <laughs> where I can figure out how the fuck he wrote this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, a um, couple facts about it. Uh, when John Malkovich first read it, he wondered if he had wronged Charlie Kaufman somehow. Yeah. And then it turned out they had actually never met. Um, <laughs> So when Bob Shea, the head of New Line Cinema, um, the chairman of New Line Cinema, uh, read the script, his response was, why couldn't it be Tom Cruise instead? Right. And the funniest part is that was John Malkovich's suggestion, too, where he's like, I would love to direct this or produce this, but it should be uh, it should be Tom Cruise. I wonder why they landed Um, on Tom Cruise. I don't know. I don't know. But they, uh, the, the writer basically said that it has to be John Malkovich. It doesn't make sense if it's anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> because this all makes sense. Yes. Um, John Cusack got his role um, because he, went, he was kind of tired of playing the same kind of gross point blank character mm-hmm. that he played in like a whole bunch of different movies. Because he, he did play a lot of samey roles in the 90s. Yeah, he did. Um, and he asked his agent to give him the craziest, most unproducible script you can find. And uh, he actually demanded to audition for it, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he auditioned and he got the role. Um, and, uh, you know, the funny thing is, apparently in the script, uh, the third act was even crazier because it introduces Mr. Flemmer. Um, and if you remember, they mentioned his name but they they don't he isn't a character in it and it turns out he's actually the devil (laughs) and he tries to convince craig to get out of malkovich's mind so that he and his and his little like minions can take over the world using the body of john malkovich done naturally Um, i mean i'd love to see that (laughs) and mr flemmer uses derek man man uh mantini the guy that uh craig was jealous of right um who has a life-size harry truman puppet (laughs) <laughs> that then raises Harry Truman from the dead in order to uh, win. So uh, the devil wins. Craig leaves Malkovich. And uh, the, um, there's a whole scene of Harry Mantini. And he opens his mouth and the camera zooms in. And in his mouth is another portal. 
<laughs> like Amazing. the one in John Malkovich. So that's the ending they didn't go for. Yes. It's <laughs> um, so crazy. Well, so I, I love when I read that because I was like, they actually could have somehow made this movie more random and weird. <laughs> yeah, they could have. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so that so. was being John Malkovich. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a quite a quite an interesting film. Yes, it is. I was, I I to this day I remember just watching it the first time and going, how did they convince John Malkovich to be in this? Right, <laughs> like, right. This like it borders on feeling like it's written by his stalker or something. It really does. It really does. Yeah, yeah. but you know, Charlie Kaufman's kind of brilliant. Um, yeah. I haven't liked everything he's done, but he's done. But er, even the things I haven't liked have still been incredibly intelligent and mm-hmm. and kind of weird. And you know, he did that movie with um, where Nicolas Cage plays him, right? Adaptation, right? Where Nicolas Cage plays him and his imaginary twin brother. I haven't seen it. Don't make me watch it's, it. <laughs> it's um, mm, it's 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 brilliant, but it's not very enjoyable. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was, yeah. Um, but Charlie Kaufman, he also wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm-hmm. which I think everyone has seen. Um, Except for me. I haven't seen it. <laughs> really? I have, oh, that's I, crazy. My crazy abusive ex-boyfriend worked on it, so I refused to watch it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> God, he was that old. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that movie came out like fucking Jesus Christ. I remember watching it with my ex-girlfriend in 2005. Yeah. So, wow, that was a long time ago. Yes. All right. Um, but, yeah, so um, being John Malkovich, Spike Jones, 1999, mm-hmm. check it out. Check um, it out. It's, it's a weird film. It's on so, Netflix. Is it? Yep. Oh, see, I just owned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on you know Netflix. What's gr- you know what's really great about, by the way, the uh, DVD? Mm-hmm. Um, the DVD has an a, uh, on the menu, there's a... Um, uh, uh, an option that says there is nothing here. Wow. Um, and when you go to the option, there's nothing there. That's fun. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, I, I just love that they, they bothered to just put a random thing that leads space. nowhere. Yeah. And I've even looked it up to see if maybe that's some sort of Easter egg or if that leads to a hidden thing. Cause you know, like nine inch nails did stuff like that. Right. Um, or like House of a Thousand Corpses, if you watch it on DVD, is kind of brilliant. Mm. Um, because if you leave the menu going for a minute, the characters come on and start talking to you about the movie. That's fun. Yeah. Um, like, for example, um, I know um, Captain Spaulding starts going, well, I guess you must be in love with my ass because you're not <laughs> pressing any fucking buttons. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... Um, but yeah, it's really and it's on all of the options nice. on the DVD. Like I think it's they it's like an hour of material if you don't press a button. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, like if you go through each one of the things. Yeah. Um yeah. Um or like I remember like scene select. It was like, you know, fucking Otis comes out and he's like, "Yeah, fish boy. That was that was a fun <laughs> time." Uh, we also got this. <laughs> yeah, it was just him. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. But yeah, so I checked to see if this was some sort of like a Easter egg, and it's not. It's just literally a bank, a blank space put on that. the DVD. I love that so um, much. But yeah, so for next week, um, as you know, this uh, we've been doing ten films right now. Our first, 
We've been kind of going in, in groups of 10, and uh-huh. our first 10 films were movies that uh, really failed. Um, they tried really hard, and they failed horribly, and they're not good movies. Mm-hmm. And now this 10 um, has been movies that I know Chelsea has not seen mm-hmm. um, that we feel needed a bit more of attention to them. Yes. Um, and, you know, something like Being John Malkovich, I mean, you know, back when I was in my 20s, everybody had seen it, but it's 20 years old now. Right. So now I feel that, like, a newer audience can watch it. So that's mm-hmm. why, you know, some movies that, that I feel need a bigger audience are older movies that had an audience. Yeah. But no one's watching them now. Right. So um, the movie that I'm going to suggest for next week, um, which is my final movie before we start uh, having Chelsea choices, um, is from Dan O'Bannon who uh, was written by Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Alien, mm-hmm. and who wrote um, Return of the Living Dead. Oh. And it's a movie. Uh, do you like vampire movies? Yes. Do you like outer space movies? Yes. How about zombie movies? Sometimes. <laughs> do, you, how, do you like movies where, Pat, where Patrick Stewart makes out with dudes? Yes. Well, then you're going to love this movie because it's all of those things. Amazing. Yes. So this movie is called Life Force. It's uh, from the 80s, and it's actually the movie Toby Hooper chose to do instead of Return of the Living Dead. Nice. Yeah, So it's very interesting that both scripts were written by the same guy. Yeah. But he ended up uh, directing his own film. Uh And, uh, you know, and then uh, he ended up directing one of them. And then Toby Hooper, who was supposed to direct Return of the Living Dead, ended up directing this one. Amazing. Toby Hooper, who directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. and Poltergeist. Right. So, anyway, people, yeah. uh, you can uh, you can find us in your closet because we're there right now. Woo-hoo. Anyway, and in the portal your... to your life. <laughs> yes, we're actually watching through your eyes. Yes, we are. Um, no, you can find yeah. me on Instagram at chelsea.lesage. You can find me at charles.d.lincoln, mm-hmm. and you can find us together. Yes. Wherever we are, we're uh-huh. gonna go through it together. No. At CL Squared Productions. <laughs> <laughs> On Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Exactly. And uh, finally, as we said at the beginning of the show, uh, we have our crowdfunding campaign for Bishop's Cove going mm-hmm. on uh, through all, all throughout uh, November and December. Woo-hoo. Please consider contributing. We have all sorts of cool perks. Yeah. And as I said, you could be a guest on the show. We could talk about your movie. Right. We could do all sorts of different fun stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, check it out. It's igg.me slash at slash Bishop's Cove. All right, people. This has been Charles. I'm Chelsea. <laughs> After a big, after a pause, she had to remember her name. I did. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.